the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Because what's the biggest item most of us struggle with is that item that starts with the letter M and ends with E. It's me. I want to be on my throne. I want to be large in charge. I want to be my boss. I want to take the rightful place of God. And, And I would remind us today, there's only room for one sovereign in any kingdom. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis never forget the summer of 2004. Returning from vacation back to our home in Northport, Florida, when we realized that Hurricane Charlie had made an immediate right turn. And instead of coming to Tampa, where he was headed, he decided to visit our little community there in Southwest Florida. And so we began a series of phone calls as even our return home was, was delayed somewhat because of the unexpected storm. We were calling friends and we were checking with members of our staff just to see how everyone was doing. We were checking on our house to see how it was handling the storm. I'll never forget the, the days of devastation that followed in the aftermath of Charlie there in Port Charlotte, Florida. It looked like a war zone. And then, then came the uniqueness of that summer, right? <laughs> there came the reality that, that that was one of a couple of storms that would come through our way. In fact, two other times over the next couple of months, I would find myself awake in the middle of the night watching the weather channel, watching the news to, to see if a hurricane was coming our way, a hurricane named Francis or a hurricane by another name. We would watch to see if the storm was coming. One, one time, I, I remember particularly because they were always coming on the weekends, which was devastating for pastors. And, and I, I, I remember on a Sunday morning, just part of my responsibility, I was up at five and in the middle of a hurricane morning, I was out driving around Northport, Florida, just looking to see, is it okay to have church? And the answer was no, it's not. Go back home to your family. Sometimes we can know the storms are coming, but, but sometimes the storms just enter into our life without warning and they're devastating. Because of what I do, I often hear about these storms from the church secretary. So maybe it's when Bess is calling me and she says, Paul, you know that Kimberly and Pepper were down at the park this morning and a freak thing has happened. A, a limb has just fallen out of the sky and is landed on little Hannah Helms and, and she's in critical condition. They're air flighting her to the children's hospital. You need to get to the park immediately. He navigated the next days of that storm as little three-year-old Hannah 
in a week went on to be with Jesus in heaven. Maybe it's like when Barbara, my assistant in Missouri, called and said, Paul, um, they don't know what's happened. (laughs) But Kathy Holloman just stopped breathing in the middle of the night. Kathy's a 40-year-old mother of five. And her husband had heard her take a deep breath and then she breathed no more. We watched for a few days before she went on to be their creator. Maybe it's a storm like when, when Donna called and I was out of town. and She said, Paul, we think we've just gotten word that Tom has passed away in Oman. Or maybe it's a storm like the one that took place on March 12th as I watched my beautiful bride walk out of her doctor's office. As she motioned me over to her car because I'd met her there to go to dinner with our boys. and She said with a quivering face, uh, they say it's cancer. We have to see what's next. I need to ask you today, are you prepared to handle the storms of life? All of us will have times when we need help. All of us will face those seasons that seem in a moment, in an instant, insurmountable. Throughout life, we'll face circumstances that leave us with choices. And when those bad times come, we can choose either to wallow in our pain or to worship through our pain. As as someone has said, we can either have a pity party or a praise party. The story of Job in scripture is a story of a man of God who in the midst of, of what seems incredible, devastating storms in his life, he worshiped his one true God. Job had lost his family. He had lost his fortune. But in the midst of it, he refused to lose his faith. You see, your decision and my decision about how we handle the storms of life, those decisions have to be made in moments like these. Look in Job chapter 1 and verse 20. After what we now know was devastating news of having lost all of his children and grandchildren, having lost all of his wealth, it says Job arose and he tore his robe. He shaved his head, demonstrating that he was grieving physically. He fell on the ground and then this strange word, he worshiped. And he said the words we just sang, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, God did not, or Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. That's where we ended last week. And I would say no matter how heavy this has been set up at that moment, if this story were to end right there, it would be easy to digest. <laughs> really, because it would be the story of a man of God who went through tough times and simply put, end of story, he stood with God. He did not sin, but that's not the end. Sometimes, like in this case, there's another storm coming. A storm that's brewing that we may not even know exists. Sometimes the storms come in seasons. Sometimes it's a 
perfect storm, a convergence of storms. We face relational storms. Our marriages, our friendships go through difficulty. We face emotional storms, mentally and and psychologically, emotionally, we're not together. We face physical storms. We, We battle illnesses we did not expect. We go through difficulties physically that were not expected. We face practical storms. Our job is phased out. Our our house is lost or we face spiritual storms. We, We feel like God is dead to us. We don't know where to turn. What do you do when the perfect storm comes? Look with me in Job chapter two. One of the most painful words in the Bible. Again. Say the word again with me. On top of everything that he had just endured, the word of God says, again. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. We're reminded that Satan does not give up easily. He is our enemy. The great preacher D.L. Moody said, I know Satan exists for two reasons. One is because the Bible says so. The second is because I've done business with him. I can tell you as a 45-year-old man, I know the devil is alive and well because I've sensed him. I've felt him nipping at my heels. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him on all the earth, a a blameless and an upright man who fears God and he turns away from evil? Now, this is one of those why moments. We wanted to ask God the first time, why in the world did you bring up Job to the devil? But here he goes and does it again. God knows what he's been doing. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's ever-present. He was there with Job when he received the devastating news. Just as, Tricia, he was there with you at that doorstep that day. So why does he say, have you considered my servant Job? He describes Job in the same way that he described him before. He's blameless. He's upright. He fears God. He shuns evil. And then he adds one more attribute. He says, and he holds fast to his integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason, Satan answered the the Lord and he said, okay then, skin for skin. All that a man has, he'll give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh and he'll curse you to his face, to your face. Satan was saying, we've gone after some of Job's potential idols. And we all have those things that are potential idols in our life. You know, an idol is anything that takes the place of the one true God in your life. Your family might be an idol. Your income might be an idol. That financial safety net that you've tried to provide might become an idol. Your job might be an idol. Little things like entertainment, those pleasures in life may be idols. But Satan was saying to him, we've come after his possessions, and now let's come after his person. Let's come after what is that biggest idol for most of our lives. Because what's the biggest idol most of us struggle with is that idol that starts with the letter M and ends with E. It's me. 
I want to be on my throne. I want to be large in charge. I want to be my boss. I want to take the rightful place of God. And and I would remind us today, there's only room for one sovereign in any kingdom. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. And either God is sovereign and He's large and He's charged of your life, or, or you've taken His rightful place. And so... The Lord said to Satan, behold, he's in your hand. Only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and he struck Job with the loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery. This is Job with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Should we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? And yet in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. I want you to see a number of spiritual nuggets of gold, truths from this passage of scripture. The first one is this. We may not have a forecast that tells us that the storms are coming, but storms are a coming in life. Storms are coming. Now we live in a technological age. I literally this week sat out on a beach in the midst of what was supposed to be a forming hurricane, a tropical storm. And I punched in my phone AccuWeather and I put the address and it told me on AccuWeather that every hour of that day was a hundred percent chance of thunderstorms and lightning. But I was looking up in the sky and I could see nothing but sun. Sometimes even in our technological age, we have forecasts and the forecasts are wrong when it comes to the weather. But you know what? When it comes to the storms of life, Rarely do we even have forecast. Rarely do we know that they're coming. Rarely do we understand that we're going to have that disappointing doctor's visit or that unexpected knock at the door. But storms are coming. How do we know they're coming? We don't know this just from the life of Job. We know it from the life of Jesus. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Now that's not an amen moment. In fact, You need to take your copy of God's word and understand that if you're a believer in the book, one of the things the book said is in this world, it's not going to be easy in this world. You will have trouble, but there is an amen moment that coming that's coming because Jesus doesn't stop there. He says in this world, you will have trouble, but have no fear for I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying you can be overcomers because you have me and I am the overcomers. So though you're going to have trouble in this world, don't be troubled because I have overcome the world. Now that is an amen moment. 
We also know we're going to have trouble because James, the half-brother of Jesus, who had watched Jesus crucified, and we believe that probably it was at that moment, after the crucifixion and resurrection, that that James, the half-brother of Jesus, finally understood, hey, this is the Messiah. He says in James chapter 1, my brothers, count it pure joy when you face trials of all kind of testing times in life, and let the trying of your faith work forth to develop patience. We're going to have troubles. They come in those one day moments. We talked about how our life changes in one day. It's one day as a teenager, an innocent child, as you suffer abuse at the hands of a sinful and evil person. It's, it's one day as you get that call from the doctor and things are not as you had hoped. It's, it's one day when your marriage ends in divorce and your fairy tale of a happily ever after ending does not come true. It's one day when your job ends. It's one day when someone you deeply love enters into eternity. In one day, everything's changed. And sometimes it then gets worse. That was the case with Job. He went from bad to worse in no time flat. We see some of what he suffered in chapters two and chapter three. I I just want to outline it to you. First in chapter two and verse seven, it says he had inflamed or ulcerous sores all over his body. I need to tell you a true story. It may be TMI for some of you, too much information. But this week as I was away and I was trying to enjoy a little bit of rest with my wife and I was thinking and letting this message brew in me and had been reading this passage and I, I got to our destination and I began to say to Kimberly, I, I feel like I am itching all over. And she said, well, maybe you got a bug bite or something. And, and so shortly thereafter that I began to get ready. I was going to take a shower before what we were to do that evening. And, and as I began to prepare, I, I noticed there's a reason I was itching all over. There were hives all over my body. Apparently I was having an allergic reaction to an antibiotic I had taken. And I said to myself, self, Lord Jesus, you did not have to give me a personal illustration of this scripture passage. (laughs) I think I understand it. But it wasn't anywhere close to what Job suffered. In in verse 8, it says he had persistent itching. In verse 12, it implies he had degenerative changes in his facial skin and disfiguration. In in chapter 3, it says he began to have a loss of appetite. You ever been depressed? You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to eat. It fear and depression. In chapter seven, it says he had sores that burst open, scabbed over and cracked and oozed with pus. And if that wasn't bad enough, the next verse in chapter seven goes on to say that these sores were so bad that worms begin to live in them. chapter nine and verse 18, it says he had difficulty breathing. In chapter 16, he had darkening of the eyelid. In chapter 19, the Bible even goes into the specific detail in verse 17 to tell us that he had halitosis. You know what that is? His breath stank. In chapter 19, he was losing weight. In chapter 30, he had excruciating and continual pain, high fever with chills and discoloring of skin, as well as anxiety and diarrhea. It was a bad day. He became the personification of misery. 
Someone else was studying this and said, you know, as you look throughout history and certainly throughout scripture, sometimes if you want to be memorable, you may have to go through miserable times of life. Why? I was thinking about why would God give us this detail? I mean, did we really need to know that his sores oozed with pus and grew worms? I, I think two reasons. It's kind of the opposite of what we find in the New Testament with the Apostle Paul. Remember when Paul's speaking to the church at Corinth and he's talking about his thorn in the flesh? And theologians for 2,000 years wonder, what is Paul's thorn in the flesh? And we don't know for sure. We can take educated guesses, but we don't know for sure what Paul's thorn in the flesh. I think the reason we don't know Paul's thorn in the flesh is because if, if we knew what Paul's thorn in the flesh was, you know what we'd do? We'd walk around and go, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really struggling. I got the same thorn as the apostle Paul. We'd be puffed up in it. On the different end of the scale, I think that's why he goes through the extent of this with Job. Because no matter how bad we've got it, none of us have it as bad as Job. And if you do have worms, nobody wants to see them. (laughs) But I would say something to you. Sometimes we laugh through the pain. And the magnitude of Job's pain does not minimize the reality of your pain. The answer to your thorn is the same answer as Paul's thorn. His grace is sufficient for you. The question is not, are you going to face the storms in this life, but how will you weather the storms of this life? In Job's case, it finally knocked him off his heels. It finally knocked him over. And matter of fact, it was in this chapter that we get the the phrase from which we've entitled this teaching series from the ashes. Did you see in verse eight, he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Now, what was this? This was the ash heap of the city. It was a city trash dump where they took everything to burn it. I mean, the garbage, the dung, everything that was of no use, the refuse was taking here. And and so Job kind of flipped his lid a little bit. He went and uh, hung out basically naked on on the ash heap, pouring ash on his head singing that great song from Hee Haw, gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Uh, he, was, he was miserable. And we don't have to wait long to see what happens next. He's sitting there preparing to weather the storms and his final few friends and family members in his little circle of the world come up. That leads us to a second thing we need to know. During storms in life, we need discernment to detect wrong advice from well-meaning people. Hey, has anybody in here ever received bad advice? Let me see your hand. Now, let's just have a little fun. Has anybody ever received bad advice from church people? Let me see your hand. (laughs) You know, people tell me all the time, you're not going to believe what somebody down at the church told me. Yeah, I will. I hate to admit it, but I will believe it. I've heard it all. Well, look what happens in verse nine. In verse nine, Miss Job shows up. She says, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Well, she has the gift of encouragement, doesn't she? I mean, how is she being helpful? Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. It's the first time we hear from Miss Job. Reminds me of a saying I've heard. 
behind every successful man is a surprised woman. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Now, before we're too harsh on Miss Job, let me just put things in perspective. I want you to think about something. How had this impacted her? In fairness, she had just lost 10 children and we don't know how many grandchildren. Her family wealth was gone. She's no longer the leading lady in the land because she was the first lady because he was the cat daddy. I mean, he was large and in charge. Her husband's no longer considered great. And as a result, he's, he's moved to the ash heap. She's lost her companion. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement, but it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.